Podcast 169. You said 69. I did. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, and as usual, I'm joined by Gary Schaller. Yes. I can't think of any place else I would be because I'm here. So good to see you, brother. Awesome. I'm so glad to be here. Did you see that the buttons that we put out are now officially arriving in people's hands? Love it. So good. For those who don't know, we are doing something to try to help J.R. Smalling, and he's uh, he's having a bit of a rough time right now, and he needs our help, right, Gary? Yeah, and uh, you know, for those who don't know, uh, J.R. Smalling is the first voice you hear uh, when you put on Kiss Alive. He coined the classic intro, you wanted the best and you got it, the hottest band in the land. Um, we've had him on our show. He did an intro for us. It was unbelievable. Cool guy, really important part of history, and um, having health issues that um, don't pay for themselves. And so he needs all the KISS Army to rally uh, to the cause and give him some support. Absolutely. KISS Army, I know I don't have to tell you this, but J.R. Smalling was KISS's original road manager from January 1974 through June 1976. He helped guide the band from its struggling infancy to becoming the single most influential live concert act in all of rock history. Without J.R. Smalling and that initial hardcore crew of only six men, KISS might not be around today. J.R. Smalling's voice graces the opening seconds of KISS's 1975 landmark breakthrough album, Alive, with the very intro that he invented. The band's now famous, You Wanted the Best, You Got It, the hottest band in the land, KISS. In 2018, JR was diagnosed with metastatic bone cancer. The prognosis for patients is sadly only six months to four years. Fortunately, JR was able to find a medical team who hit upon an aggressive treatment recipe that has halted the disease in its tracks, and his prognosis is now unlimited as long as he can continue treatment. Understandably, the medication and associated costs are very expensive. The KISS Army is coming together to help JR out. There's a GoFundMe page where you can help out, give, please, we ask you to. The donations received from this fund will go directly to JR's ongoing treatment and will help JR and his family immeasurably. We are an army. We can do this together. Here is our brother in the KISS Army, Matt Porter. You wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter! Kiss Army, every time that you drop the needle or press play on Kiss Alive, his voice has started the greatest live album of all time. He is part of all of our history, J.R. Smalling, the voice of Kiss Alive. Together, it's time to help support J.R. Smalling in his battle against cancer. Kiss Army, J.R. Smalling Cancer Drive, let's help. Thank you, Matt. We're also doing something else. You may not have $50 to give. You may not have $100 to give. But if you can give 10 we're going to do something. Matt Porter, myself, and Christine the Button Queen all came together and we designed a button just for J.R. Smalling. There are only going to be 100 of them made. 
together we can raise a thousand dollars for JR. And I know that that might not sound like a lot, but not everybody can give a hundred or fifty or. But this is one way that you can have something that says we're all together and united. The button says you wanted the best, you got the best. Kiss Army in support of J.R. Smalling, we are one. You'll see the art on the show notes. We love J.R. here. He's been the voice of Alive, and he's been a friend to us here at the podcast in the Kiss Room. He has helped raise money for charity and has always been kind to us. He was there at the beginning, and we need to be there for him now. For a donation of $10 each, $15 in U.S. funds for international shipping, you can purchase a button via PayPal. Go to PayPal, choose Send Money to a Friend option, and enter the words zilchorders at gmail.com. Zilchorders at gmail.com. Be sure to leave your name and address in the note field. If you have any questions, you can find us on the Facebook page or over at KissFAQ. PM me. Together, we can do this. Go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Kiss Army Junior Smalling Cancer Drive. Let's help. There will be links in the show notes. And so far, as of this recording, we're at about $5,300. So we need your help, folks. And uh, JR needs your help. And uh, just be a good soldier in the Kiss Army. You know, we cancer's been horrible for the KISS Army, right? I mean, it's it's horrible for every human, but, I mean, look at, we've lost Eric Carr, and everybody that basically is breathing has been touched by someone who's been a victim of cancer, right, Gary? Yeah, my coworker Emily says it best, cancer is a dick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you can't, you can't, but if you can give, it's good to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as the buttons... 25 of them have been sold, and as of today, Christine the Button Queen donated $250 towards JR's fund. So, thank you, Kiss Army. So, we're going to keep selling these buttons, and please, just if you can, give, because uh, we love JR. You know, it was great, because we had Eddie Belandis on the podcast just before he passed, and we had uh, so many people that have been part of the Kiss story. This is a time for us to be able to give a little back, right? Absolutely. And we're going to be talking a little more about JR later in the show because, um, well, you'll see. But, yeah, yeah it's, if, if, you can, if you can help him out, help him out. He's, he's been a huge part of our lives for such a long time. You wanted the best and you got it! The hottest band in the land, Kiss! We got a ton of great responses on our last episode, but one of the top ten overwhelming comments was how many copies of Dynasty skipped at the beginning of Side 1 with I Was Made For Loving You. On our episode that we did where we discussed the rear end of Dynasty or the back end of Dynasty. Now, Gary, you weren't part of that episode. What did you think of it? I can't believe it took us that long. Us. I shouldn't give me credit. I can't, I can't believe how long it took. 
for that to be a topic, which is to say it's such a perfect topic, and you and BJ did such a fantastic job with it. I love Dynasty. I think it's great the way it is, but holy smokes, it really is an incredible record the the uh, played that way in that order. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, of course, immediately what I did is I went and I looked at Unmasked, which is maybe my favorite studio album from Kiss, and also has that same thing on the back where the songs are listed in alphabetical order rather than in uh, their proper running order. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. It does not work with Unmasked. <laughs> well, we'll have to find that out, right? Yeah, absolutely. That'll be fun. Yeah, stay tuned for future podcasts where we, we, we have to do the, the flip side of Unmasked and probably Love Gun, too, I imagine. Yeah, any time that there was a messed up track listing, so we need to check that out. By the way, just before we get off the subject of uh, Love Gun, uh, my head's really in this right now, so f- forgive me for this uh, slight excursion, but do you remember a toy line from the 70s? People know this, I imagine there's a lot of people listening who know this already, but do you remember a toy line from the 1970s called the Micronauts? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, great toys. I love the comic book. Oh, it was a great comic, Bill Mantlo and uh, Michael, Michael Golden. Golden. Michael Golden. Yeah, great, great comic, and uh, went way beyond the lifespan of the toys. The toys ended in like eighty, nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one, but the comic went forever. There was the there was even a team up with the X Men. Yeah, it's a really solid comic. The toys originally came from Japan, and uh, and then were. Uh, imported and branded over here as the micronauts they have their own whole like mythology over in japan but um and if you ever want to see great toy commercials go on youtube and look up microman commercials the original japanese things they'll blow you away if you're into toys but uh when they developed the alien action figures uh the, the aliens from micronauts which were totally an american thing not a japanese thing mm-hmm. um they got ken kelly to do the artwork who did Destroyer and Love Gun. Um, and if you ever want to see the greatest science fiction paintings that totally look like it, it, you'll have to check it out. Go, go online, Google Micronauts Ken Kelly. And you know how Kiss are standing on a pile of rubble on the Destroyer cover? Mm-hmm. Well, so are all these aliens. And it's almost like you can imagine setting it up panoramically where you've got Kiss and these aliens are just like off to the left and right. You can't see them. Mm-hmm. But any fan who's really into the Destroyer record cover, go check out the Ken Kelly Micronauts paintings. These were on the cards when you bought the action figures and they were so cool. So that's definitely something every Kiss fan who really digs his work might want to check out, right? Absolutely. Go look. It's really good. Very good. We had some tremendous feedback on the rear end of Dynasty or backside of Dynasty, however you want to talk about it, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, here is an audio clip from Andrew R. Doss. Take it away, Andrew. Well, guys, you have done it again. This is why I love the podcast, because it's a wealth of new insights Uh, into a band and a collection of music and media that's always been magical to me and has made even more so through listening to you guys. Uh, This episode on reordering the Dynasty album is utterly brilliant and revelatory. Dynasty is one album I never really warmed to, and I was a big fan of I Was Made For Loving You. In retrospect, I think that song, as great as it was, 
cast something of a pall, no pun intended, on what would have otherwise been a great comeback album. I always felt this album sounded tired, lacked a certain energy. After listening to this episode on my long drive home from work, however, I quickly made a reordered playlist on my phone and found myself singing along to Dirty Living at the top of my lungs in the car, and that's something that would have never happened before. This album is now more fun than ever. Charisma is absolutely a better declaration of where I think KISS was at the time in terms of their public perception. It sounds like a real return to me. And I absolutely love how you did the vinyl fade-outs and the record noise and changing the sides. Those few seconds of silence between the songs with the scratches and pops just fuel the listener's anticipation of what's coming next. And I think that is just crucial to the experience of listening to an album. It's certainly how I always heard my Kiss albums. I'm utterly shocked at how much of this album I've dismissed until now and how much the running order influenced my perception of it. This running order definitely makes Dynasty feel more like a Kiss album, a classic Kiss album, which honestly, I never really considered it to be. Now I think of it as unmasked, grittier progenitor, and a fitting finale to 70s Kiss, especially with the 2000 Man cover at the end. I'm totally convinced this is how the album should have been, and I will only listen to it this way from now on. By the way, there absolutely should be audio filters on iTunes that let you add vinyl noise to songs and albums, especially in between tracks. And man, uh, your your uh, idea of sure know something is done by Hall & Oates or Foreigner would have been amazing. Uh, that'd be a cool project for somebody. Kiss songs done as hits, quote unquote, by other artists. Thanks, guys, for giving Dynasty your magic touch. Rock on. We love it when people send us in clips or feedback, right, Gary? Yeah, we absolutely appreciate all the feedback and all the contributions from people who listen. So keep them coming, folks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a look at some of the comments that people wrote in, and I'll be reading them to you, and we'll kind of get our feedback on your feedback. This is almost like one of those reaction videos on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double Dynasty over at the KISS FAQ board says the track list is an improvement over the original. However, all they did was put the songs in alphabetical order. That's true. Hey, he caught on, right? Sure. Uh, it's weird. Uh, a couple people were like listening to it in real time and they're like, yeah, but guys, these are just in alphabetical order. And then when they got to the end of it, they're like, oh, you just said it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I tell you, I was listening and I wasn't sure if you, I was like, uh, do they realize? So <laughs> I'm glad you went there. Yeah. Mackam Kiss writes, great episode, two of the world's greatest podcasters discussing one of the world's greatest bands, What's Not to Like, and he really prefers this track listing. So that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, were discussing how much it actually changed the album, right? It does. And, you know, the, um, the, the, Placement later in the running order of I Was Made for Loving You, as you and BJ pointed out, really does shift it, uh, shift the focus away from um, it being a disco record. And we, we all know it's not really a disco record anyway, but this really solidifies it. Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Hazel writes, your track listing made a very nice rock flow that, in my honest opinion, works better than the actual album. I might, I might have to download this in this sequence. 
He says, also after listening to Dirty Living so long, I never heard the faint organ keyboard behind Peter's lead vocal during the verses. Wait a minute. Really? Yeah, I don't check even it know out. That that's... I'm going to play a he... little bit of that right now. There you go. You didn't discuss this in the thing, did you? No, no, no. Huh. Wow. That's the thing nice. about Kiss. It's it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving, Clark, right? Yeah, I like that. That works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, Eddie Van Hazel, nice name. I appreciate the, uh, the nod to Funkadelic. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Chaim Witz writes, Damn it, if Dynasty hasn't moved up on my list of top Kiss albums in light of this track list change. So that's pretty damn cool. Wow, that's a heck of an endorsement. Yeah, and I like how some people are like listening to this album in a way that they've never listened to it before. It makes me very happy. That's been one of the things I've loved most about doing this podcast right from the get-go is the fact that... Um, you know, we, we've been revisiting this, these records, even when it was just like you, you and me and James uh, going back to records that we, you know, maybe didn't like so much and then building a new appreciation for them. So I'm happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Matt Shelton writes, I agree with the sentiment that you both put forth in this episode. It takes the emphasis off the two disco songs and makes it feel like more evenly paced out rock record that flirts with disco. I've listened to some past podcasts about Dynasty, and after I saw the post for this episode and the track sequence that is Dynasty makes it kind of all the meet up front type of disc. I mean, everybody was doing it a little, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Kiss. Yep. Eric Valentine says Charisma as a lead track gives us a feeling of old Kiss or what seemed familiar at the time. Mm-hmm. So there you go. What did you, what did you think about that? Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, the right way to go. Um, I, I've said, you know, I like when Kiss records start with the Gene song or when Gene's got the sort of uh, the single, as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Charisma is just like groovy and heavy and lascivious enough to to have um reassured kiss fans that kiss was still kiss yeah charisma could have been on like love gun don't you think yeah yeah very much so and then there's the other side of that that like really dynasty almost seems like a whitman sampler for the solo albums (laughs) uh well especially with that sort of back to back to back to back thing you get you get the what is a gene song Peter, and then you get Peter, and then what is it? Is Ace. it Ace and Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Like I've always thought that Dynasty is like the sequel to the solo albums. You know what I mean? It's 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 mm-hmm. that it's that different. It, there's enough of them being different and not just kissish, if that's a word, kiss like. Right, and I think that it's amazing what rearranging the tracks does because. Truthfully, it's the sequel to the solo albums, um, and, and maybe not a not such a good way in, in its real track uh, order, because it has that kind of mishmashy feeling a, a little. It doesn't hang together super well as a record. It's way better than Unmasked in that regard, but it doesn't hang together well necessarily as a record. Only when you rearrange the tracks the way that you and BJ did, the way they're on the back cover, 
it really does hang together as a record way mm-hmm. better. Yeah. yeah. Kenneth Roy writes, great job. Love the simulated vinyl fades. Fantastic mm-hmm. job. Love this sequence. I came to this album late, and I've always heard it called the disco album. When I listened, I didn't hear that at all. Sure, there's a song or two, but this album rocks hard, and when it does, this version shows that so well. One of my favorite episodes, when every other KISS podcast talks about the same thing over and over, you guys continue to stand out as the best. Brilliant episode. Thank you, Kenneth Roy. Very nice. Oh, that is very, very kind. Yeah, thanks. And our buddy, Rice Light, down in Australia, he does these really great... Kiss guitar solo tutorials, by the way. Mm. And he's kind of right now doing a thing on his YouTube channel where he's featuring the solos of Dynasty Broken Down. So, And it's the right time for it, right? 40 years. Yeah, hard to believe. Here we are. <laughs> May's always been kind of like a Kiss month in some ways. M- May and October. Yeah, May, May and October. And Star Wars as well, right? Cause, oh, yeah. oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And my birthday, so there you go. Heck yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, when was your birthday? May 25th. Okay. That's right. Oh, you're, you're, you're born on Star Wars Day. Uh, no, That's Star right. Wars happened on my birthday. Well, yeah. In honor of. In honor of. One of the great benefiters of this track listing is the song Dirty Living. Daniela Carr writes... Another great episode. I agree with BJ. I wasn't a fan of Dirty Living, but more of a fan in this order. Would have made a good Dirty New York Cop Show theme song. Totally. Bill Elam backs her up and says, same here. I was shocked to finally notice how damn good the guitar solo in it was. Incredible guitar on Dirty Living. And I love those, like, uh, just those bends that Ace does where you get that, you get that great vibrato and the feedback. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. I love that song. There's something about the second tracks on Kiss Records where some of the best songs are track two, like Christine 16 and Nothing to Lose. Mm -hmm. And this would be a great track, too. Agreed. Dirty Living. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan Castle wrote, You inspired me to get Daryl Hall and John Oates to do Sure Know Something. I would love to hear (laughs) Oates sing background vocals on that. Great show, guys. Nice. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that That's be a great. Trip? Yeah, no, that would that would really work. I could hear that. I could actually hear that very well. Very strange. Yeah. Rusty Braley says, I always listen to your podcast when I mow the grass. When I saw the title for this episode, I thought you guys are really hard up to talk about something. But you know what? <laughs> Had to be one of the best podcasts I've heard in a long while. Hard to believe just changing up the song list, how I now feel about this album. Nice job. So very good. Nice. And of course, since we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of Dynasty, there is a limited edition translucent green 180 gram vinyl that is out. And you can get that at the Sound of Vinyl US. We'll put links on our Facebook page. And our good friend Joseph Ciambelli, he was the first one that I saw who posted his, and he is glad to report that it does not skip, at least his copy does not skip, on I Was Made For Loving You. And he says that that Dynasty sounds crisp and clean and nothing skips. I swear the poster paper feels a little thicker as well. So there you go. If you want that, check it out. Now available for a limited time only. So get it while you can, folks. Oh, very cool. Surprised I didn't go with red myself for the color of vinyl, you know? 
I've been a gambler, but I'm nobody's fool. I sure know something. Sure know something. What are you doing? You showed me things they never taught me in school, and I sure know something. (laughs) 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 You know, as I mentioned, one of the great benefiters of the rear end of Dynasty (laughs) is Dirty Living. And we were asked if we could play the long version of Dirty Living. Oh, yeah. We I don't think we've... If we've ever played that on this podcast, it hasn't been for ages. So I'm... Let's do it. All right. Well. Up next on America's Top 40, it's the long dance version of Kiss's Dirty Living, a song that should have been on Miami Vice.
And that was Dirty Living, the long version. There is also a long version of I Was Made for Loving You. It would have been nice to have the entire album done like that. That would be kind of cool. Maybe some industrious Kiss fan will do that. If so, let us know. Uh, and as I said, that song would have been perfect on Miami Vice. I don't hear the Miami Vice thing because I think of Miami Vice as so... Um incredibly 80s and dirty living still has a real 70s sound but like streets of san francisco or um you know chips or something Mm -hmm. that's where it sits with me like it's a 70s grittier 70s uh kind of a a cop show song for me Mm -hmm. yeah i can see them doing the fast cutting you know with them the boats and everything and I can just see it. And it's really, is it really any different than anything that else was going on in the 80s? I mean, it was weird. We still had funky tracks going on. We just didn't dare call them (gasps) disco. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. So it's kind of weird. So we want to thank everybody that shared the shows because one of the most important things you can do besides comment on the threads and listen is share the shows on your personal social media, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook or wherever. Please continue to share the shows. And we'd like to thank Pat Francis over at the Rock Solid Podcast who shared the episode the other day. And this is one of those shows that just keeps on bubbling up, right? Yeah, and I like that. It's really neat to see that people are finding it a little bit as they go. So keep keep doing that, guys. Thank you for all sharing it. Much appreciated. Today we're going to be playing some great interviews from 1979 as we celebrate Dynasty, so here we go. The Return of Kiss. The Return of Kiss. Don't miss The Return of Kiss. It's the album you've waited two years to hear. Kiss Dynasty. It's the hot new, all new album from Casablanca. Kiss Dynasty. Later on this evening at the Checker Dome, that scene will be replayed when the rock group called KISS takes the stage. Things are uh, relatively silent. Yes, at the Checker Dome right now, that show's not for a couple of hours, of course, although we understand a lot of fans of KISS have already Mm -hmm. gathered out at the Checker Dome. But we have a camera that's set up in the dressing room of Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Fraley, and Peter Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. They are the famous foursome, and uh, yeah, if the fa- there's I don't know two of got, them anyway. There's two of them right they, there. They are not immediately recognizable <laughs> to you because, of course, they're not wearing their uh, their makeup. This is the first not having them, uh, and we're having makeup on, isn't it? Yeah, right. And, Which two uh, do we have there, fellas? Can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear you. This is Paul Stanley. And this is Gene Simmons right here. Okay, we're going to sort of have a back-to-back interview with you, I guess, is what we're going to do here. Uh, uh, why, why is it that you, you don't allow yourselves to be, to be photographed really full face on and you don't make appearances without the makeup? Well, what we're doing on stage is so theatrical, and the image that we're creating has such a tremendous amount of mystique that uh, we'd really rather leave our fans with that image than seeing us like this. I mean, there's a lot of people who look like this. But mm. there's not a lot of people who can look the way we do on stage. We kind of look uh, the way a lot of people feel. You know, looking at us from the back, I think it looks like a double mint commercial. Yeah. 
Now, how, how do people know, for instance, though, <laughs> that, that you really are KISS if we can't see your faces and we don't, we don't know? Uh, are you, are you haven't been interviewed that much that they'd immediately know your speaking voice, do they? Oh, I think so. I think people... Uh, you can tell Paul's voice a lot better than mine. I don't usually sound like this. I usually sound like... Like that. <laughs> usually, uh, our fans know our voices. They know what we look like. I mean, how many people are walking around with hair like this and can get away with it? That's a good point. Uh, you mentioned uh, talking about being on the road for, oh, like 10 months out of the year. It's exhaustive. It, it, you must uh, have to keep in pretty good shape. The stamina must be enormous for the pace that you we, fellas keep up. We do lots of things. When we, uh, I guess we do everyday kind of normal things like running around. We eat French fries. We play racquetball. What we, what we did, normal guys. What we did at the beginning of the tour, we hadn't been on tour for 17 months. So to get in shape, we were playing six games of racquetball a day, doing 90 sit-ups every day. So besides rehearsing musically, there's really, there's a tremendous amount of physical exertion. So sure, we gotta be in great shape. If yep. anybody else tried this, uh, they'd keel over. Yeah, they can't make it. And uh, besides the physical exertion, of course, there is also the mental exertion that uh, is, it must be difficult to cope with. It's mentally exerting, but you have to understand that, that everything is overcome. As soon as you get near that stage, as soon as you start hearing your name, as soon as people start calling out kiss, kiss over and over again, it just gets your adrenaline up so, so high that uh, it overcomes everything, including uh, physical exhaustion, pretty yeah. much. I'd like to ask a question about tonight's performance. Um, uh, I've, I've seen where Gene Simmons is quoted as saying that he's going to fly to the ceiling of the checker dome. That's, that's pretty, pretty high ceiling there. You'll see it happen. We'll do it tonight. That's no lie. That's no exaggeration of anything. And there'll be real snow and it's going to rain fire and all that? Oh, it's, we'll, it's we'll, going, go ahead. <laughs> We'll do the best we can. I don't think most people that leave the show don't seem to be uh, let down in any way. I think yeah. we pretty well give people what they come for. Yeah. There are critics, of course, of, of the whole spectrum of rock and roll music and of and the kind of shows that you put on saying that it really isn't great music, it's more entertainment, it's more carnival atmosphere. Uh, how do you respond to those kind of uh, fuddy-duddies that say that kind of thing? Even if, even if that were true, it really wouldn't matter because what we're doing on stage is creating such a, a tremendous atmosphere of high energy that we have to sacrifice a certain amount of the music but as i said before nobody seems to to mind that except the critics the fans that come if they want to just listen to the music they can always listen to the album but when you come to see us live you see something very exciting you you feel one with the uh the group i mean we we're all in this together it's one big party we, all, we also figure that uh not everybody likes christmas you know there's an ebenezer scrooge out there for every christmas so yeah, we, I think we're in good company, you know? What's wrong with having fun, you know? Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, we, last couple of days when we knew that you were going to be on our program, we've been doing some, uh, some uh, feature stories about uh, the group, and we, we find that the audience seems to be uh, basically a younger uh, crowd. Is that the, the way you started out, appealing to uh, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, or is that something that evolved? Not really. We, ne we never really geared ourselves towards any audience. What we figured was that we would find our audience through playing. At this point, I think a lot of people think our audience is a lot younger than it is, only because our audience is much larger than most audiences. Our audience at this point probably goes from about 6 to about 25. And since there's makeup and since there's a stage show and the music, there's, it's multifaceted enough that a lot of people find different things to like in it. I think. To a six-year-old, they're more involved with us as superheroes than they are as a rock band. Very There's good. another segment that may come yeah. to see us 
You, you mean all, all those people who claim they're only going to take their little brother or sister there, they're just kidding, they really want to see you themselves? You betcha. It's the same thing as the circus. Anytime anybody tells you that they're taking their daughter or their niece or somebody to, to go to the circus, they're really going for themselves. Well, I, gentlemen, we're, we've got to wrap this up. We appreciate you being with us, and we look forward to the day that, when maybe you'll give us the privilege of doing an interview when you're full face on camera. We, <laughs> we, you certainly have an invitation to come back on our program anytime, either way, back or front. Thank Thanks you, a lot. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Kiss tonight at the Checker yeah. Dome. We'll be back with more after a two-minute break. On the ABC News Magazine, 2020, tonight. The amazing multi-million dollar merchandising of one of the hottest rock groups touring the country. Some critics say they don't make music, they just make noise. One thing is sure, they do make money. Selling everything from t-shirts to nightmares. It's the story of Kiss and Sell. This is the rock group called KISS, and this is one of their bizarre performances, a performance that has created a market for related products that brings in over $100 million a year in sales. The four members of the group never perform in public or appear for interviews without the makeup that masks their identity. Some critics say they are more successful at making money than at making music. But over the past five years, they've garnered hundreds of thousands of fans, many of them youngsters who dress like the band and who come hand-in-hand hand with their parents to buy KISS products and watch the almost nightmarish performance. special coming from us. We're stars. We only think about getting up on stage and rocking and rolling every night and making sure that everybody knows who we are. <laughs> we'll spice that. <laughs> that. This is a family. A family portrait. Look at this. How do you like kids that look like that? Mm. You might if their gross sales topped 1,500 companies listed on the stock exchanges. Since this has turned into big business, we can't make, you know, arbitrary decisions without talking to people who really have the facts. So we sit down with people with suits and ties who are hired by us to look after us. In 1978, retail sales involving KISS were approximately $117 million. The $117 million represents retail record sales of approximately $60 million. KISS merchandising sales of about $40 million, and the balance in songwriting royalties, franchising, merchandising, and other income of that sort. Incidentally, we just closed a deal last week where we purchased 196 acres in Cincinnati, Ohio, where KISS will build an industrial park. However, in this case, it will not be known as the KISS Industrial Park. We try and get around a dollar a head based on uh, the attendance. If we're going to a hall that seats 12,000 people, we generally try and bring about $12,000 worth of merchandise into the hall. Best-selling items are definitely T-shirts and programs. Eight, nine, 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 n
best buyers are the little kids that bring their parents to the show. Uh, if mom and dad come, mom and dad have a pocket full of money, and the little kids get whatever they want. I want to share it with some inside chips. Now, you want to what? It says chips. I need more Kids could send half of Harlem to Harvard on their t-shirt sales alone. They definitely have the market locked up on, on belt buckles and posters and that kind of thing. There are a lot of other rock and roll bands who sell more records, but Kiss definitely is, uh, is number one in merchandising. Kiss is basically uh, paganism for pubescence. It has very little to do with music. Uh, if you listen to it uh, closely, what it is is all um, dissonance and explosions and moaning, which pretty well sums up the adolescent experience in America. Kiss claims it cost a million and a half to state this extravaganza designed to titillate, astonish, and revolt the audience. put a quarter of a million dollars into the group five years ago, but his initial investment, like their music, has been amplified many times over. Kiss's decibel level is higher than that of the controversial Concord. Kiss can go on for as long as, uh, as they want to, in my opinion. Uh, it's, it's rough for them, maybe, maybe rougher than other groups, only because they're, they have to contend with a complete stage show every single night. They have to contend with the makeup uh, every day. Uh, they have to contend with, uh, with, with a more grueling show. Maybe we should get a tattoo to our faces so it never comes off. <laughs> you see 50-year-old guy is too tired. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Actually, what I do to protect myself is to uh, dress up like Doris Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in a really tough neighborhood, and it was all gangs and... Uh, Instead of playing stickball, I'd be practicing drums, and uh, a lot of them now, I guess, are in Sing Sing and uh, digging ditches and all these to make fun of me instead of coming down uh, and playing baseball. I'd be practicing and uh, writing and singing. Well, I grew up in the Bronx in a middle-class family, and uh, you know, I went through that whole trip of uh, hanging out in the corner candy store, you know, going to the park and drinking beer with the guys and gang fights and all that stuff. Most of my friends from when I was young were either in jail or uh, dead or, uh, or straightened out. 
Rock'n'roll roll actually saved my life. I never wanted to be a cab driver. I never wanted to be an accountant. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be beautiful, long hair, eternally young. That's me. When I'm on stage, I feel invincible. I feel beautiful. I feel needed by masses. And I'm proud of myself. I think when you... I think when you perform and you're not turned on by what you're doing, it's time to quit. I'm my best audience because when I do something that I find really pleasing, I'll laugh or I'll pat myself on the back because I think when I'm good, there's nobody better. We've always contended that we were going to be the biggest thing that ever was on this planet. That's one great thing about making it. You could, you could take care of your family, which you should. And I could do that now. So that's, that's great about success. Kind of personal, but it's true. When I graduated college, I had gone into teaching because initially I thought I wanted to convey knowledge, but I really didn't. Uh, it was purely ego infatuation. I thought if I got in front of people, that I'd have a captive audience, and uh, it's the, that's really the wrong reason to be a teacher. So I quickly got out of that. I taught for about six months in a public school system uh, in Spanish Harlem. And uh, I soon realized that I didn't want to teach. I simply wanted to be on stage. And I wanted people to look at me and listen to every single utterance that comes out of my precious mouth. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Marjorie Mandel for Veronica's Countdown in Knoxville, Tennessee. Probably the most dramatic act currently making the music scene will be here tonight at the Civic Coliseum. The people you see behind me are waiting to see four guys from New York. At least I think they're guys. Anyone who has seen KISS, the group that brought us I Was Made for Loving You and the new hit Sure Know Something, might think there's something more like fantastic superheroes. After all, it isn't everyone who can fly, 
breathe fire, and spit something that looks a lot like blood. Let's go and talk to them. Ace, could you explain why you changed from rock to disco? I don't really think we, we made any drastic change. I think uh, the song you're referring to as disco is, is really rock disco. But the majority of the album, I think, is rock still. You know, I think, uh, you know, different styles of music on the record. We do rock, we do rock disco, we do, uh, we've done ballads like Beth. <laughs> the song uh, I Was Made For Loving You is the first song that made it on the charts in Holland. So do you think that rock disco is appealing to a different audience than the pure rock? Now, I'm not sure about Holland, but in the United States right now, disco is, is dying out a little more and rock and roll is starting to come back a lot stronger. So who knows what will happen within six months in Holland. The whole idea for us was to do a song that fit the category and was still pretty true to what we do. It must have been the right move because it's uh, either one or two around the world. You know, discotheques are real popular now and uh, people are getting out there and dancing and, you know, m uh, music with a strong danceable beat, you know, is really uh, popular now. So. <laughs> It's still rock and roll. But it's still rock and roll, in my opinion, you know. Well, I think disco's really hot, you know. Gene, I read that you wrote some of the lyrics for the Beatles in the early days. I don't know if that was a joke or not. Is that true? I, uh, the truth is that uh, I'm really Paul McCartney. See, I play the bass in Kiss, and so it's really the same thing. No, that's not true. If you, if you believe some of the rumors, uh, Dolly Parton is playing keyboards for us at this very instant. Dolly, would you... Oh, she's not here. So she's probably 20. No, it's not true. But you used to write quite mostly ballads. Is that true? Before the band started, Paul and I were two romantic types. I've since, I've since become depraved and perverted. We were two romantic types singing in Chinatown with an acoustic guitar with an open case. That's no lie. Throwing, throwing quarters. That was very romantic. <laughs> Since you've given us a nice display, maybe you could explain why you perpetuate this image and refuse to appear without the makeup. This is no image. It's the other Gene that uh, has got the makeup on. This is me. Seriously, Gene. I mean, you're obviously, the four of you are making a superhero kind of image. What do you think it is that is keeping that up? Why is it that you do it? The thing that's keeping it up is the same thing that keeps all things up. It's uh, excitement. Excitement. <laughs> exactly what I was pointing to. I think people are sick and tired of having boring rock and roll stars getting up on stage with denims and just strumming their guitars. I think uh, everybody needs heroes in their life. If it's either Superman, Santa Claus, or Kiss. And I think we combine the best of all possible worlds. Theater, rock and roll, we're everything to all people. We're Kiss. Paul, do you think that there's a problem in the sense that you're giving kids a sense of violence? There have been a lot of complaints about that from adults. How do you, how does the group feel about that? I think people, I think anybody that, that confuses what we're doing with violence is like, probably never been to a show of ours, because what we're doing is high energy. And there's a big difference between high energy and violence. I mean, what we're doing isn't destructive, it's just letting off a lot of steam. And I think everybody needs to do that. Some people go to a gym and punch a bag. We go on stage and blow up amplifiers. Even We're telling people, here's an hour and a half that you can 
escape with us. And uh, everybody needs to escape once in a while. When are you guys planning to come to Holland? I'd do it tomorrow if I could. I think plans. Good taste on your part, I, I must say. Well, I think yeah, I think there's plans. As you hear this, there are plans in the works to come visit you. I'd like to toast all my fans in Holland. She'll toast anything. <laughs> and I hope we'll be seeing you real soon. As soon as we can get out there, we'll be there. Like Petey Buck. What do I have to say, for, for Holland? Yeah. I want to go over and make every lady there. Can't you think of something a little more gentlemanly? That is a gentleman. <laughs> okay, make half the ladies. <laughs> I'll make half the ladies in Holland. Okay, boys. Thanks very much. The new unofficial and unsanctioned Kiss book, Gene, Ace, Peter, and Paul, celebrates the legendary 1978 Kiss solo albums. Released simultaneously, Kiss became the first major rock band to attempt such a major endeavor. The book features interviews with more than 30 musicians, engineers, producers, arrangers, those most intimately involved in the creation of the solo albums. The book is available in paperback and Kindle formats at Amazon.com and in iBook formats at iTunes. Please visit Kiss78SoloAlbums.com for further information. In between the lines, you read my face. You see, no, you see my face, no. you read my name. You bought a magazine in between, in between the, the lines. lines you, you see, see my, my face. You read my, read my name. name. I like that song. But a lot. you can have God, that's a good one. Oh, price, I wish baby. I could. You must have heard of my face. I love you. Need me. me. I know you want me. I like the the harmony in the chorus. Close to home base. Because I'm your living cross your heart man. Because I'm a living cross your heart man. Oh. So I know you need me. You know you need me. I know you want me. No, no, I said, uh, yeah, you know you need me. I know you want me because I'm your living, because I'm a living cross your heart man. You've got to have me, can't live without me because I'm your one and only yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I've got love for sale. And my love will not love fail will you. you. Whoa, no. What a great record. Whoa, no. Oh, no. Whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. Because I'll be living close to home base. That's what I think it says. I don't think Because I've been says. living close to home base? Yeah. Hang on. I'm, I'm just, I'm just. You know. living cross your heart. I'm a living cross your, I mean, I'm just checking. Man. So this is one of those ones that, uh, yeah, it's I'm a living cross your heart, man. Hey, hey, I got a. I what? have two questions for you. Okay, yeah. so ages ago there was a there was a Kiss tribute record. One of those, you know, a bunch of Kiss fans do a internet tribute record. Yep. Um, this one had a great version of "Ah uh, All Night," mm-hmm. and it was "Ah uh, All Night" like it was like a mashup of "Ah uh, All Night" and some other song. Uh, and I feel like it was maybe dudes we kind of know, quote unquote, we know them through the you know, podcasting community, maybe. Right. But, uh, but it was like a, you know, you know, I get excited. Well, we work all day. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I'm talking about? 
No. Oh, they did a great job. It doesn't ring a bell. And then, uh, and then I, the other second question I have is if you ever uh, can find, please send to me the ones that we have been on. Like I don't own a copy of the one that's like, yeah. Seduction of the internet. And then I did a 1978 song. Yeah. I don't have any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. If you got, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Nips McPlenty. (laughs) Nips, Nips McWhat? McPlenty. Oh, that's good. Okay. Can do. What has she got that the others have not? It must be that look in her eye. Words. Mr. Make-believe. Words are so hard. Mr. Make-believe. Words are so hard to find. I can't express the words to tell you about the things that I've done. such an easy Baby, baby, it's time for me. 
some stuff going on in the world of kiss and i suppose we need to to hit it while we're here right um the kiss expo the indie kiss expo just wrapped up and it was a great time for everybody that went uh just another fantastic party thrown by steve and keith and the talismans were there which is uh (laughs) what we're calling the gene simmons band or the ace fraley band when they're not with Ace mm-hmm. or Gene, so right. that's pretty cool. I, I I ordered a Talisman t-shirts, and Mike Myocker picked me up a set of their picks, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, those guys must be loving it. I I, I, I imagine uh, if I was in that position every now and then, I'd be just saying, like, holy cannoli, I can't believe I'm doing this. And they earned it. Yeah. I just don't see that. These guys are pretty fierce guys. I don't see them going, could someone pinch me? But I just don't see that. I just don't see that. In that voice, could someone pinch, pinch me? me. <laughs> but they're great guys, and we love them. And Paul's book is out. Yes. I wonder yes. how it's doing on the charts. Have we heard anything? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I have not. My, I, I have a copy here. I've skimmed it. Mm-hmm. It's got some really good stuff in it. Um, you know you're really supposed nice... to read those things, right? Books? Yeah, not just skim, but read. Uh, I like my books the way I like my milk. Thank you very much. Skimmed, very good. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, there's some really nice stuff in there uh, that he says about his relationship with Gene Simmons, mm-hmm. and I do, I do appreciate when they appreciate one another. So, 
Me too. Yeah. I was surprised how many times Peter Chris's name was mentioned in the book. You know, uh, in a positive light, or I just because you know I bought it on Kindle, right? So I did a search for uh, the word Peter just to see how many times it was just in the book. Just because that's what you do all the time. Hold on a second. I'm going to actually do it again just because I forgot. Searching for Peter. Searching for Peter. Every day I click searching for Peter. All day long I'm searching for Peter. Okay. Where's the. There we go. Okay. Searching for Peter. 24 different results found. So. You know? Hopefully they're loving. I haven't, I haven't, um, like I said, I haven't read the whole thing yet. Yeah. My, uh, my good friend Lena is the person who writes, uh, who works for that publisher. And so she, you know, when you read a thing, uh, a press release for this book, it's written by uh, my good friend Lena. So hats off to Lena for uh, bringing this book to us. Everyone go buy it. I did search for Bruce, no Bruce. No searches for... There's only two Eric's that come up, but they're not Eric Singer. No. Let's see how many times Gene's mentioned. 23. So Peter Chris has actually mentioned one more time than Gene is. Uh, did you do a search for that guy? 16 results for Ace. Okay. Should we do for the Vinny? Oh, sure. Of course. Boom, ba boom, boom, Zero. So, okay. there you go. Let's see Not how many it. times Tommy's in here. None. There you go. Mm. So, Gene, mm-hmm. so really... Nothing for Mark? 24 for Peter, 23 for Gene, and 16 for Ace. So, there you go. All right. That's Interesting. Fair. Interesting. And most of the ones for Gene were just the word generally. Gen- no. <laughs> okay. No. Yes. You silly person, yeah. Genet- genetics. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about something real quick. A lot of people are saying, are you guys going to talk about, it can be everything from Vinnie Vincent to the, what a scumbag Vinnie Vincent is or whatever. You know, those are, those are the kind of the things that we get to talk about. You can talk about Vinnie or how bad Vinnie is. I don't want to really give him any publicity. Right. Outside of discussing him in the context of Kiss... That's really only the reason to discuss him on this show, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Even in the most compassionate way, if he's struggling, if things aren't going well for him, uh, we still don't want to kind of shine a big-ass light on him. Right. Well, there's a couple reasons for that, right? Like, he's ripped a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not up for me to judge. I just know that I don't want to, like, give it any no. more oxygen than we already have. Mm-hmm. Uh, however you feel about Vinnie Vincent... God bless you. I guess someone sneezed. You know. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> but however you feel, that's great. Uh, we're just we're just probably not going to be doing reviews of his albums at any point. We may talk about his work within Kiss, but not so much outside. No. We'd gladly talk to Mark Slaughter. We'd gladly talk to people that he worked with. But there's you will never probably see him on this show or hear him on this show. I doubt, I doubt that's going to happen, even if we tried to make it happen, and we're making no effort here. Well, what I'm saying is if, that if he contacted us, there would be no show. Yeah. I would not let him come on this show. 
you know, it, the, the people we like uh, got ripped off. Yeah. We wish him the best, though. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of talent. We have no hard feelings. As a matter of fact, I really don't have feelings at all. So, No. I, I have, like, three. Yeah. But those are the, with the dentist with the filling. Feelings and Oof. feelings are different. Feelings, yeah. Two different got it. things. Anyway. Got it. And if you want to hear the rear end or back end of Dynasty, I also made a, a, a Spotify playlist for that so you don't have to mess up your tracks. So there you go. Awesome. Podkiss, Take Us With You, which is actually a Prince song, Take Me With You. but Yeah, it's track two on uh, 1999. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, so we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast. As always, continue to share, and just thank you for being part of our our history. Right, Gary? Absolutely. Uh, We wouldn't do it if there weren't people listening. I disagree with that. I think I've done. Yeah, we would probably do it anyway. Yeah, (laughs) because we've pretty much done this show all of our lives. Just we didn't have microphones and upload it. That's right. If it wasn't for you, we would just be doing it to the empty room. I know. Don't you feel bad for the life partners of podcasters? Because on one hand, it takes a uh, relief off of them being the only one to hear about the minutia of King Crimson or how great the Cars' first album is. Or, you know, that's, that's podcasters, right? I took my wife to see King Crimson a few years ago. And, and she still talks to you? We, we, you know, we are still together, thankfully, but she, the word she used is dissociated. She's like, I dissociated for the, for, for like the entire show. Just checked out. Which means she didn't body. give two fucks. She was, <laughs> yeah, on she her was, phone. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was, she was just sitting there and I, I mean, to be fair, you know, if you don't like it, you're probably going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's a she's a good person. But Very but how, person. how did she do it? Kiss. That's the important thing. We saw Kiss. God, she's she's really a good person. She's seen Kiss five times, uh, and God bless her. Yeah, really though, and it is not it is not her favorite band. So we're gonna take off, and and we'll see you all in the next episode of your podcast. We dedicate this episode. To the people who have to put up with us, the Kiss Army. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you. Bye. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkiss.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at KissFAQ.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are Kiss. And we are your army. Podcast is created by the Kiss Army for the Kiss Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with Kiss or any of its members, past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, thank you for listening to Podcast, the Kiss fanzine for your ears. Yeah.
wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's your place for all things Kiss and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hi, this is Jason Herner with Kiss My Wax, a brand new podcast about all things Kiss vinyl. Be sure to join myself, Andrew Scambatti, and Tom Shannon each episode as we discuss the crazy world of collecting Kiss vinyl. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash kissmywax and on YouTube by searching kissmywax. We hope to see you all there. <laughs> 